Welcome to Digging Into the Pet Industry, the podcast helping you navigate and learn about the $100 billion pet industry. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Nancy Hassel, and this podcast is brought to you by American Pet Professionals, otherwise known as APP, the only organization that caters to all pet professionals, helping pet entrepreneurs grow their businesses since 2009. This is a podcast where we dig in with pet entrepreneurs every week to find out what works for their pet businesses. I also created this podcast after 20 years in the pet industry to give you guys ideas, know-how, simple step-by-step strategies, and even some thought-provoking marketing concepts that you can apply to your own pet business. If you're in the pet industry 20 plus years, or if you're just starting out, you're in the right place, pet pros. Let's dig in. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the next solo episode of Digging Into the Pet Industry with yours truly. And today we are talking about one of my favorite talk topics to talk about in the pet industry, and that's hosting your own pet event for your pet business. And I'm going to go back a little bit and tell you, you know, how I got into hosting, co-hosting, planning, creating, promoting pet events in the pet industry, whether they were B2B events or B2C, um, that's business to business and business to customer, and why I love attending pet events as well and have been doing so for over 14 years, probably longer than that, but uh, I digress. (laughs) Okay, so of course, right, you've probably heard about hosting a pet event. I'm sure you've hosted your own. If you're listening to this podcast, we are producing it in November of 2022. And the most prevalent pet event that you're going to see happening right now in the next few weeks is photos with Santa, right? That's something that's been going on for, I think, as long as I've had dogs, like the main pet event, photos with Santa, right? And so you'll see those happening in a lot of different areas, um, in different places, a lot of times at pet retail store or dog groomer, or um, a dog training facility will partner with a pet photographer, and they'll have photos with Santa. It's a a no-brainer, super easy. You're always going to bring people into your store that way. And if you are a pet photographer trying to, you know, meet more people and get into the industry, it's a great thing to do as a cross-promotion for both your businesses. Um, So I will just jump back a little bit, or a lot, to back into 2008. I actually um, started something that you might be getting, and if you're not, I hope you subscribe. We send out a weekly pet events newsletter every week, and that's been going out since November of 2008, which kind of boggles my mind that we've been sending weekly emails for that long, but we have been doing it. Um, And the reason that I wanted to do that is because I always found out about pet events at that time after they happened or you'd hear about one pet event. Obviously, social media wasn't as big of a deal in 2008. Um, We didn't have the capability to promote things as easily on all our social platforms. So we didn't hear about pet events that were happening. Um, And I used to love bringing my dogs to pet events. I still bring my my dog that I have now, Cody, to pet events uh, on the regular. He's actually been to a lot of business events and even on stage with me in a couple of places. So I think that, you know, planning the perfect pet event, which is also the name of our course that we have, um, a little plug for you there, is really, it takes time and it takes some energy and it takes some concentration on 
how you want to have your pet event. You can throw together a pet event in a week and say, hey, we're just going to do photos with Santa, no big deal. But if you're planning to have a really successful pet event that people are going to be talking about, that it's going to cause FOMO, that other people that see those Instagram posts were like, oh, I missed it. I wish you were having that again. When is the next one? We missed it. Is something that you can do on the regular with different pet events. Um, we even have a over 200 different kinds of pet event ideas that you can um, host throughout the year. And so that is something else that you should think about because a lot of pet events happen this time of year, but here in the Northeast where I am, once it gets cold and dark, there's a lot less pet events happening anywhere, right? It's too cold to be outside at a pet event and you might think that you don't have the space or the facility to host it in. I will tell you pet parents, including myself, are looking for things to do with their pets during December, January, February, March, we're starting to go outside more. I'm outside all year long walking my dog, but you can only stay outside for so long doing that. So I think that a lot of pet businesses, they get a little tired at the end of the year. They're tired from hosting pet events, you know, during the holidays, which I totally understand. But I think an easy and simple way for your business to stand out is to have something really cool in maybe the end of January, something in February, bringing people into your uh, place of business, whether that is a dog store, a retailer, a groomer, a dog training facility, veterinarian, whether you have to cross promote, maybe you're a pet sitter and you want to host a pet event and you're thinking, but I don't have a facility. It doesn't matter. You can find somebody to cross promote it with, or you can rent a place out. You know, there's a lot of different things that you can do. And I think you would be surprised that a lot of people still want to come out and do something with their pets, even in the cold, as long as they can be inside and not in the freezing cold. So I think really thinking about the different ways that you can host a pet event is important and the different ways that you can promote it. I always tell people that if you're hosting a bigger pet event, you want to look six months out to start planning to do it properly to get that press, to get the people through your doors, to sell those tickets. If you're doing something on a yearly basis, a bigger event, you're probably planning for that all year. If you're doing something fun like a yappy hour or an ask the vet or like mini dog training session in your store, you know, you could probably throw that together in a couple of weeks, but you may not get the same amount of people at the store. If you're trying to get press coverage you're not going to get the press coverage for that. It might be after the event, which is always nice to have, but it's definitely not going to bring all the people through the doors. So I would say at least three months, give yourself to plan for a good pet event. And if you're listening to this, you know, on in November and you really are like, wow, we should have done photos with Santa or we should do a little happy hour thing with the dogs. You could still do it and you'll definitely get people there. It just might not be as successful as if you did it you know, in advance and you plan for it in advance. So just a couple of points to think about, but I'll just jump back to when we started sending out our pet events newsletter, it was really because like I said before, frustration of not knowing when the pet events happened. And that newsletter was actually inspired by Peter Shankman of Harrow, who, if you don't know who that is, you could Google him. Um, we'll also link him in the show notes, but he sent out a was sending out a newsletter three times a day, day, three times a day, which sounds crazy when you think about it, but that still goes out three times a day all these years later to people that were looking um, to either get press coverage or um, 
look for people that were looking for press coverage. So it's really for like a media or if you have a PR person doing that. And I started getting that email in, I think, October of 2008. And that email completely inspired me to do the pet events newsletter, which sounds crazy because his is nothing to do with the pet industry. And all we talk about is the pet industry in our newsletter that goes out. So, you know, you never know where you'll get inspired from um, when it comes to marketing and promoting your pet business. But I think hosting a successful pet event, you know, it seems like a daunting task for a lot of people. You're running a busy pet business or animal rescue, and you might not know where to start. Um, and maybe it's not in your DNA to plan those events. If it's not, find out people in your business. Perhaps you have an employee that that's something they love to do, and you guys can brainstorm and start putting the pet event together. You know, if you're thinking about doing it, I always say come up with different ideas, be creative, right? And then once you figure out a few ideas that you want to do, start planning. How are you going to have the event? Where is it going to be held? Do you have actual permission to host that event in your location? And I know if you're thinking, yeah, we have people come in all the time with dogs and this kind of things. You never know what the restrictions are in your town, your city, wherever you're listening from. So you want to make sure that you find out if there are any restrictions so your event doesn't get shut down. And I know that doesn't sound so exciting, but it could happen. So it's just something to think about. And we talk about all of this information in our course. Um, so if you're really looking to get a step-by-step program, we'll link the course below and it'll bring you through how to host a pet event properly, all the fun things that you can do, and then even how to get media coverage. There's a lot in it, but that's just something to think about. But while you're planning it, you're also going to start thinking about how you're going to promote it, right? Are you just going to promote it on social media? Are you going to send a media release out? What are the things that you're going to do to promote it ahead of time? That is why I tell people three months is a great space to give yourself time to plan and promote and then, of course, host your event. And that, I think, will make it a lot more successful in hosting it. And, and also thinking about things that could happen at the pet event, right? People are coming to your store with dogs. Maybe they're bringing them on leashes that they shouldn't be on, the ones that expand 30 feet. Is there anybody there to help you with that? You know? Of course, there's successful pet events that happen every weekend all over the country and everything's fine, but it's just something to think about, you know, do you have insurance to cover that pet event? You know, some of the things that you want to think about before you're actually going out and just throwing together a pet event. Did you know that there are over 70 pet business events, conferences, and trade shows in the pet industry every year in the United States? Since 2013, we have been compiling and sharing those events with our sought-after pet industry events calendar. It's our gift to the industry. Grab yours today by going to AmericanPetProfessionals.com forward slash pet events calendar. And let us know what industry event you will be at. So, you know, our newsletter goes out every Wednesday with all different pet events happening. And if you're not a subscriber, you should subscribe and just get inspired. One of the most exciting things and one of my favorite things that I love to see is when somebody sends us or submits a pet event that is completely different than anything I've ever seen before. And you would think after 14 years of sending out this newsletter, going to thousands, yes, thousands of pet event and hosting and co-hosting 
over 1,000 pediments <laughs> that I had seen it all, but people are really creative and they come up with some really cool ideas. And I just think it's so much fun and it makes our industry just so much more fun because of all the different events that you can go to in the pet industry. So I hope that this episode inspires you to start thinking about hosting a pet event, inspires you to start really going into those creative juices of what can I do at our facility? I always love to tell this story. A friend of mine has a pet boutique in the Hamptons and it is teeny, teeny, tiny. I mean, if there's three people in her store, you could barely move. It is super small. And she's been in business, I think, 20 years now. And she hosts very successful pet events at her store with hundreds of people that attend. So it doesn't matter when you think about the size or the square footage that you have in your store. She has sometimes a pet event trickles to the uh, park across the street. Sometimes it's all on the sidewalk. Uh, sometimes her pictures with Santa are outside, but it brings hundreds of people to her store. She gets really good press for it. And I've always been impressed by that because size does not matter for her store and her pet event. <laughs> so I think that if you're thinking of those type of things, like, hey, Nancy, I don't have a location or I'm a dog trainer. Where am I going to host an event? There's so many places. One place that we used to host Ask the Vet events at, instead of having people come to the veterinary clinic, because the clinic of one of the clients that I worked with over the years, hosting events, doing his PR, um, was not that big. And he also wanted to be known across the island where we're on. So like across the town, all the things. And so I said, well, why don't we start hosting them that in libraries? So the event was just for people. And most libraries, you can host an event for free. As long as you have permission, obviously, you have to go into the library and find out what their parameters are in the library where you live. And they usually are booked three to six months out. So if you're thinking about like maybe, you know, during the winter hosting an event there, go in now and find out like what is their, you know, hosting procedures of hosting an event. And we hosted multiple, multiple Ask the Vet events at different libraries and got 50 to 60 people at each event that never heard of him before, that didn't know him. And I also invited the media to each one of those events. So he got press coverage in each town that he was in. So I'm giving away some trade secrets right there, you guys. So that's somebody that had a facility but wanted to actually reach out and expand his business and let people know about him versus just bringing people to his facility. And it worked really well. We did a lot of really cool events with him besides the Ask, event, uh, Ask the Vet. So think about that. One of the things that I did years ago, which was actually so much fun, back in the day, I had a blog called LI Pet Place, and it's actually still on the internet out there, but I don't write for it anymore. It's just basically a placeholder with all old blog posts if you wanna check it out. But when I was first launching LI Pet Place, because I had my business at the time going and I wanted to do more pet parent blogging, I used to write for different publications local to where I live, but I wanted something of my own. So I came out with this blog, LA Pet Place. And again, this is going back where social media was not that huge. I think we only had really Facebook and Twitter at the time. And I was like, how could I have an event for my blog and kind of make it? 
you know, where people would be interested in coming and learning about a blog. I mean, think about that. It sounds kind of silly. Like who the heck cares about learning about a blog, right? So what I did was I decided to have a blog tour, kind of like a book tour, um, instead of just promoting my blog in my newsletter and just hoping somebody would see it on Facebook. Our blog was super hyper-local. I was trying to tune into that pet parent audience. And so what I did was I called up about six to eight different um, pet boutique stores near where I live all across Long Island and was like, hey, I'm going to have a blog tour. Would you be interested in co-hosting an event with me? This is what I'm thinking. And we did, I think, um, three or four each season. So I did spring, summer, and fall. So it was, you know, it was, it was expanded over some time. It wasn't just like a, a two week blog tour. And so at each location, I figured out what they had in their locations that would be cool to people that were coming. So for example, one of the pet boutiques out on the East end of Long Island was near farming and vineyards and stuff like that. So we made it a fall event where people are already excited to go out and do all the pumpkin picking and everything else. We had a pet photographer that we um, co-hosted with and co-promoted come in and take photos. Everything was fall themed. So we had people bring their pets in fall themed different types of outfits instead of just Halloween. Um, and then we had served food and we had goodie bags for the pets that came. And to that tiny store, we had people that drove over an hour and a half away from like Queens, New York City, two hours, some of them. And I think that very first, that was our first event, one of our first events um, in the fall. We had, I think, like 70 people show up throughout the day that day. It was crazy. So we did spring. We started spring. We had some over the summer and then in the fall. So that was our actual first fall event of the blog tour. And it was very successful. We brought people to people's, we brought people to the stores that we were hosting the events at, right? We got press coverage because I, of course, was sending a press release out about it saying that we were having a blog tour. And you would think that the media wouldn't write about it. They could see that as being, quote unquote, competitive for my little blog. But they did. They wrote about it. Um, so, and we got a lot of event listings and everything else. And of course now a lot more people knew about the blog. They knew about our business. They knew about our newsletter. They knew about the stores. We had some places that, uh, we had different, um, pet product manufacturers send a rep in and, or product in that we could give out. So it was a win-win for everybody that was involved. It was also a lot of fun for everybody that was involved, Yes, it was a lot of work on my part, but I absolutely love doing it. And we've done all kinds of things like that over the years and have just been creative and think outside the box. What can you do with your store that is different? What can you host as a pet event that is different? That's not another Photos with Santa. And I have nothing against the Photos with Santa. I've been to many of them with my dogs. But really think about what you can do and how you can get your name out there how you can be creative, how you can get more people into the store, how you can get more people to your clinic, more people to learn about the products that you have. I think hosting pet events is a game changer. A lot of pet stores don't do it. Um, and it makes me a little crazy. I know a lot of my retail members <laughs> are probably sick of hearing me say like, host an event, do an event. You should have an event. How come you didn't do an event in a while? Um, I know it's a lot of work, but I think it's really going to make a difference. If you're 
pet businesses struggling at all, if you're trying to bring in more revenue, hosting a really fun event at your store can be a great thing. So I could go on and on and on about different tips and ideas. And if you want to learn more about that, you can go to the show notes for this and find out some of the things that we have done over the years um, in our with our pet event course, with our downloadable uh, workbook and 200 ideas. There's all kinds of stuff that's in our show notes. And I don't want to bore you guys, but I just am very passionate about hosting pet events and having a lot of fun with it. So go to our show notes, check everything out. If you are hosting a pet event that's coming up and it's not just promotional and salesy, but it's actually for a good cause, maybe it's an adopt-a-thon, maybe you're donating a portion of the proceeds, we would love to put that in our pet events newsletter. So we will also put the link in how you can submit an event for our pet events newsletter. We love to see what everybody is doing across the country. All right, guys, I hope that you guys have a successful pet event if you're having any. And of course, you can always reach out to me. I hope that you got inspired by this and maybe have some ideas that you want to go forward and try hosting a successful pet event. And if you do, please let me know. I would be really happy to hear about it and cheer you on. All right, that's all for now. Until our next podcast episode, take care and make sure you spend some time with your pets. Thank you so much for listening today. I would love to know what your biggest takeaway from today's episode was. Please let us know and leave us a review. If you're new to our podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, shared this episode, and I hope you tune in regularly to hear from our next guest and get tips, ideas, and stories about the pet industry from yours truly. Want to know more about the pet industry? Go to AmericanPetProfessionals.com. Okay, pet pros, until our next show, Take care and don't forget to spend some time with your pets today.